Welcome back to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. This week, Pastor Eric shows us the importance of focusing on our eternal destination. We hope you enjoy. We are uh, in a series on 2 Peter where we're talking about how we handle the end times and how do you handle difficult sets of circumstances. And the church at that time was under great persecution. There was an emperor by the name of Nero who was horrific. We mentioned about him last week. Rome was on fire in 64 AD. He blamed the church. He made them the scapegoats. He began to round them up. He began to torture them. And it's Peter who is writing this letter at this time, one of the 12 um, disciples, the original apostles. He's probably now either in his late to early 70s at this point, and uh, he is writing to a church that is going through an extreme difficult time. And so it's very apropos what's going around the world right now. So we're going to get right into it today. Second Peter called Unshakable. We encourage you, we're going line by line, verse by verse. We did First Peter, now we're in Second Peter. We encourage you to go home and read it for yourself. And uh, the reason we're doing this, by the way, we do topical at times, but I just like going through the Bible line by line, verse by verse, to let you know that the Bible is understandable, it's powerful, it's supernatural, and it will change your life. It really will. And I can tell you right now that my strength in Christ is my daily reading and time with God, fellowshipping with his word, fellowshipping with God the Father, fellowshipping in the Holy Spirit. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. You see, as much as I like Sunday morning, if all you're doing is coming here only, you're going to be malnourished. I encourage you to get into the Word. That's why we're going to talk more about that. But just take 15 minutes a day. Just take a little time. Start in the New Testament. Start with one of the Gospels. And have an unrushed time and spend time with the Lord. The reason I'm saying that for, I'm telling you how important it is to let God's Word transform you. Okay, so let's get right into our topic today, living for the move into eternity. How many of you like moving? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Self-answering question. I hate moving. I hate packing. and I, It's the worst thing in the world. I don't want to move again for that one reason, right? And what happens when you're trying to downsize? A lot of people do that. There are companies out there that will help a couple or family that had a large house. They're downsizing. They're going from 5,000 square feet to 1,200 square feet or something like that, and they need help. And you have to get rid of stuff that's not important. You have to get rid of stuff, and you have to downsize. You have to pack your boxes, right? And you have to move. You got to get a moving company sometimes to help pack everything and move. Well, listen, everybody, you and I, if you, everyone in this world is journeying to a place called eternity, either eternity with God in heaven or eternity in a place called hell, which is void of God, which is void of comfort, which is a place that's godless, a place the Bible talks about fire, not because God wants to punish anyone, but people who reject God. This is what begins to happen. We'll talk about this probably more in the future. But we are all on a journey to eternity. All of us are. We live, and this is the best way to live our lives, we live with the end in focus. That's how we live. This is how you get through. Let me give you an example. All right? GPS. Let me ask you guys a question. What do you do when you want to get to an address on your GPS? What do you do? You can say it out loud. What do you have to, what do? You have to do? Okay, okay. Well, you have to type in what? Of the what? The destination. You have to start your journey with the end in mind. 
without the end in the coordinates of the GPS. Everything the GPS does to get you to its destination requires the end in mind. Now, why do we understand that with a GPS system, but yet with our, our lives and our wives, we don't? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to go to college here. And we make short-term plans. You, If you're going to live a life in God, you have to start with the end in mind. And you always have to keep in the end in mind. If you don't keep the end in mind, you will go off course. There's been times where we're driving and ways. God bless ways. I think if Jesus was here today, he'd say, I'm the ways. I'm the truth. I'm the life. <laughs> ways gives you real-time information. Plus, they collect all your information and they mass market you. But that's beside that point. But what happens sometimes, sometimes it breaks down on us. We lose signal, and there's no longer the end. And if the end is not in the, that GPS, you're wandering. My friends, I'm telling you right now, if we're going to live this life, live for eternity, we're on a journey to eternity, you and I have to keep the end in mind. You have to, or you will not go the right direction. Essentially important. So, the Bible says in Psalm 90:12, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. To number our days, to recognize this. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a little bit older than I used to be. I, I'm noticing I'm numbering more of my days. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not going through a second pew. <clears throat> Isn't that a nice mug, everybody? Yeah, Okay. It's got our logo on it. Okay, we'll make some for you can get some yourself. That's a little product placement. All right, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Here's another one in Ecclesiastes. This is Solomon talking about this. Better to spend your time at funerals than, part, than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. So what I want you to do is cancel your Labor Day parties and make a trip to a funeral parlor and hang out there. I'm joking, right? But seriously, you need to think about what your end is. How are you navigating without the end in mind? My friends, we have to keep the end in mind. So we have to live with the end in focus. And here's another one. And we're going to read right now 2 Peter. We're going to do four verses today, line by line, verse by verse. Okay, we're going to read the context of it, and we're going to go back. Okay, here we go. The Apostle Paul speaks. Last week we spoke about how to have an unmovable and unshakable life. How to be successful no matter what. Remember that last week? Remember last week we had a, a puzzle box? In that puzzle box, it had all the pieces down to it. Everything we need was in that box. And what we had to do is work on that puzzle by looking at the picture and having other people help us, such as the Holy Spirit and each other. So we're continuing with this whole process, okay? For this reason... I will not be negligent to remind you always these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it's right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that surely I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. This is Peter talking. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Peter has the end in mind. He knows his time is short. So we need to live with the end in focus. That's the first thing we need to do to move through eternity. Here's another one. Live with remembering the truth. 
We have to live remembering the truth. We have to constantly remind ourselves of the truth because there's lies out there. How do we do that? How do we stay in the truth? Well, 2 Peter says this, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always. We need to remind ourselves. I want something deeper. Well, how about just doing what the Lord told you to do? It's incredibly simple what God's called us to do. I was just talking to someone yesterday. We could spend the rest of our lives just spending time on two verses. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love, love your neighbor as yourself. You can unpack those verses for the rest of your life and do nothing else. They're that profound. They're that simple. And they're that monumental and revolutionary. So, don't be negligent to remind you always. That's why we come to church, right? Of these things, though you know, though you know and are established in the present truth. He just explained how they were established in the present truth. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said this, Christians don't need to be instructed as much as they need to be reminded. It's the fundamentals. Anytime a sports team is going to play, they have to go back, dribble the ball, you know, do the shoots. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not COVID. It's just called... <coughs> okay. Okay, I'm doing good. <clears throat> Christians don't need to be instructed as much as they need to be reminded. And, and as we move on, it says in 2 Peter 1.8, just to kind of remind you from last week, it said this, for if these qualities, remembering these qualities, are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful, right? Therefore, you will never stumble. Well, how do we do that? Well, this is how we do it. We talked last week about these characteristics, the constantly moving on all these things, constantly building upon your faith, on virtue, on knowledge, on self-control, on perseverance, on godliness, and brotherly kindness, which leads us to this agape love. Brotherly kindness, we talked last week about Philadelphia, which means interaction with community. Brotherly love. In other words, you are working together, that we are working as a family. We're working as a unit. You cannot really live this Christian life or, or have it be a Christ follower and be successful at it without being connected to Jesus, the head, and his body. We need each other. I don't know if you realize it, but we do. We absolutely need each other. This is part of the process. So how do we do? We live with the end in focus, live with remembering the truth, reminding ourselves the truth, and live in community. God has called us to live in community. What, what we've seen in the last 20 months of people being separated, not being in the same physical space, thank God for Zoom. Zoom is great. FaceTime is great. It's good. It's, it's convenient. But there's something that happens through physical touch and being in the orbit of somebody. There, there's an energy field. I'm not getting to new age, okay? But God has given us an energy field around us. Called the Spirit of God is within us. And when you get people together, there's, a, there's an inter, inter exchange of spiritual power. Okay, now please, Pastor, New Age. No, I'm not being New Age. There's a power that God has given all of us. And there's something that happens when you get all of us together, like a bunch of coals, we make a greater fire. And there's been a lot of problems. For example, in Romania, unfortunately, there were some orphanages that didn't, did not hold the little babies. And some of the babies died, not because of being malnourished but because of our lack of affection and interaction. The humans have, have been designed by God to interact with each other. There's been more suicides, more depression, more domestic violence as people have been separated. We're the most connected, disconnected people in the world. We have this, I call it chewing gum relationships. 
You're busy, you're chewing, your muscles in your jaw are moving, but you're not getting the nutrition that you absolutely need. God has made us for community. And so this is important. We need to live in community. One can chase 1,000, two, 10,000. He goes on to say, yes, I think it's right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. When he says you, he's talking in the plural. He's saying you all. So he's talking not into individuals only. He's talking to the church at large. In Hebrews 10.24, talks about how to stir each other up. Remember, it says right here, I want to stir you up. Well, in Hebrews chapter uh, 10, it says this, and let us consider, the, uh, not the Apostle Paul, we don't know who it is, but probably is. Let us consider how to what? Stir up each other, not for trouble. Stir each other up to love and good works. Not what? Neglecting to meet together. We've been neglecting to meet together. It's not good to neglect to meet together. Okay? Neglecting to meet together. Let me just say something. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm going to stop right now. Some of you, at least one person here today, you are neglecting your spouse way too much. And that's why your marriage is struggling. Change your schedule. Have intentional time to be with your spouse. Don't neglect. And things will start going better. I just, I don't know, it's off my notes, but I just sense today there's somebody that needs to hear that. If that's you, take it. Now back to our regular scheduled program. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is in the what? Habits. What are bad habits? Something you do over and over and over. Listen, we've been told you can't go to church. We had all this isolation, and it became a habit. This is great. I get to watch it in bed. I get to watch church in bed, and, it, and it's convenient, it's nice, and you, you want to go to church. For example, you might have a gym membership, right? And you never go. Uh, I pay $80 a month for a gym membership. No, I don't, but I'm just saying, imagine you do. Uh, you go to the gym. Well, I have the membership. I pay for it. I even have a personal trainer. I even have that uh, Vitamix, and I'll have all these things. But you can have all the paraphernalia, but are you going? Are you in the gym? Are you around other believers? Are you being inspired to move what God would call you to do? See, what happens is we can get out of the habit of joining together. It's easy. Habits are wonderful blessings when they're good, but they're wonderful problems when they're bad. And just because you have the intention to go to church doesn't mean you're going to church. Just because you have the intention to spend time with your children doesn't mean you'll spend time with your children. And we feel good about it because we have the membership. We feel good because we feel bad. I feel bad about it. Therefore, I'm doing my job. No, right? Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Listen, we need to give courage to each other, right? Encourage one another. Sometimes you're down. And there have been times a friend of mine called me about, uh, how many months ago? Three or four months ago, said, I'm ready to quit the ministry and leave my church. I've had it. And we talked about it, and he was able to let his hair down. He has more hair than I do. And we talked about it. We prayed together. And weeks later, he says, man, I'm feeling so much better. Thanks for letting me vent. And we could hold each other accountable. He says, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. As we're on this journey, either God comes back or, listen to everybody, everyone's going to die unless Christ comes back in your rapture. We're all on the Titanic together. Aren't you encouraged? Aren't you glad you came to church today? All right, here we go. Live with the end in focus. Live with remembering the truth. Live in community. And here's perhaps the best one. Live like you're camping. 
What? Well, let me explain. I happen to have over here, you're probably wondering the whole service, what is that thing over there? Well, it is a tent. And we have to live like, like we're camping. Okay? So if anyone wants to come up here and go inside the tent, you, you're welcome to after the service. So here we go. So we're living in a tent. Okay? And I remember I, st- I, t- I spent three weeks in Colorado and Arizona, and I was camping all through the out west when I, before I came back to Connecticut. And it was awesome. It was wonderful. But after a while, it's like, man, my back. I could not wait to have a hot shower. I could not wait to be in my bed. This was temporary. It's fine for temporary, but it's not forever. And uh, many people are trying to make this a forever home. And it's not your forever home. Your forever home is in God. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you with that. Look what the Bible says about the tent. And Peter says, yes, I think it's right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that surely I must put off my tent. Tent represents your body. Okay? And imagine now, put off this tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Jesus said, when you were young, you went where you wanted to go in the book of John. But when you're old, you'll be taken where you don't want to go talking about the death he would experience, and here he is now 70-some-odd years old, and he knows his time is coming where he's going to be crucified. He says, I have to put off this tent. See, I'm not dying, I'm moving. It's a translation. You're transporting from one life to the other. And so the Apostle Paul talks about this also in 2 Corinthians 5. He says the following, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed... We have a building from God. You just show that building behind me. This is my summer home. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where all your t- that's where all your tithes and offerings have been going, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I got a jet and everything. That's all I know. For we know that our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God. Now imagine, I, I'm living in this. And I'm, I'm thinking about this when I have this. And by the way, this pales into comparison of what God has for those who believe in him. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. All right? And we're, we're so concerned about this. And, and when I would go camping sometimes, I'd wake up the next morning, and, uh, and this is what would happen. It would be kind of sagging a little bit. You know, and I'm like, geez, the tent's sagging. I need to tighten the tent. So I have to tighten the tent like this. I have to be in tent, untighten the tent. Okay, I can't even do it right now. Here we go. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes things need to be tightened a little bit. Um, if that's you, that's okay. Okay. But think about it. We have this tents, and they, they kind of, they're floppy. They're, they start wearing out. They start leaking. They're good when they're new, right? When, when they're old, you have to get the stop seal, and you have to, I mean, I remember waking up one morning, there was water all over me when I was camping, okay? And my wife has never gone camping with me yet. We're going to go camping, honey. In this. It's a story. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, right? For in this we groan. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, my, this tent. How many of you have a tent that's starting to... Mm, yeah. 
oh, my shoulder, right? You know, us earnestly, how about this? You, you can't read, and their tent's starting to lose its vision, right? Earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. We know there's more than this tent. I want to be in my mansion one day. This is temporary. The reason why it's, it's painful and difficult is because this is not your home. We are uh, camping. Some of you are clamping, but you're still camping. And we have to move on to the next place, right? We Indeed, we haven't been clothed. We ha- shall be, not be found naked. No, not a good news. For we who are in this tent, that's us, groan, right? That's why you guys groan. Man, give me some relief, right? I'm groaning. Being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, not because we want to be dead, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. To be absent from the body, to be absent from the tent, is to be present with the Lord. You see, that's, that's and the Bible says it's appointed for man or woman to die once, then comes the judgment. There's no purgatory, there's no in-between. The Bible's very clear about that. But listen, I'm looking forward to one day being with the Lord. I'm not afraid to die. I'm afraid how I'll die, but I'm not afraid to die, right? I'm looking forward to that day. I want to be here, right? I want to be here. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain, but I want to be here. It's all about Jesus now. So we start our relationship now. So listen, this is a tent. Remember, we have something a lot better than at ahead. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. So we live with the end in focus. Remember that GPS? You got to put it in there, right? Live with remembering the truth. You got to constantly remember remember the truth because you'll forget. Live in community. Live like you're camping and live with a legacy beyond you. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. We're taught by the advertising agencies of America to be about you. Because if they can think about, if you think about you, you will buy everything for you and not think of anybody else. And that's not what it's about. It's beyond that. It says in 2 Peter, here we go. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder, legacy. Peter's legacy. Reminder of these things after my decease. I'm praying. As time is running out, God, what's my legacy? Am I passing on my legacy to my children? God, is this a tent? I'm going to be leaving. They're going to be left behind. What am I, what's my legacy? What was Peter's legacy? He wrote first and second Peter that have been speaking to us thousands of years later. Also, there's good reason to believe he was also a major contributor to the book of Mark. We believe he was the primary source where he helped Mark put together that gospel. Peter has a legacy, and his legacy is speaking to us today. A legacy that he failed, and God overtook him and brought him back up. A legacy where he's feeding us today. Jesus told Peter, Peter, if you love me, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And right now today, you've been fed by the legacy of Peter through the person and the work of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. So what's your legacy today? Are you ready to meet God? So living for the movement into eternity, live with the end in focus. Do you have the end in focus? I encourage you to always keep the end in focus. Remember, I say it all the time here. The best days are always ahead for those in Christ Jesus. 
For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. It's always heaven, always in our mind and our eyes that gives us the power to overcome. Live with remembering the truth, live in community, and live like you're camping. This is this, this, is this life. Yeah, the tent's going to break down. I'll do the best. I'll get new tent poles and new pegs and, and all that, but this is not my home. You, you get really discouraged if you think this is all there is. There isn't just that. Live like you're camping and live with a legacy beyond you. That's our church's design. We're praying for that next generation. We got to help that next generation to end well. We got to help run the race well. Thanks for tuning in. If this podcast is helpful to you, please subscribe and leave a review. And also consider sharing it with others on social media. It really helps us spread the word. See you next week.